Welcome to episode 3 of the Roundabout Town podcast. My name is Kevin Boniface and I've worked as a postman in West Yorkshire for over 25 years. Throughout this time I've kept a journal of my experience in the hope that writing things down will somehow make them more comprehensible. I'm not sure it's worked. Episode 3. Move your van, boss. The man in the turban who feeds the pigeons next to cashmere stores struggles across the road with a large cardboard box. He turns it over on the grass, leaving a two-foot birdseed pyramid. As he makes his way back, he glances disapprovingly at the 1980s new romantic man in the chunky knitted snood who is smashing the telephone against the side of the phone box where he sometimes goes to read his Dean Koontz novels when it rains. The new romantic man leaves the receiver hanging from its cord and aims a kick at it, which misses, before he staggers off down Market Street, adjusting his blue felt beret as he goes. Outside the post office, a man of about 20, wearing a black tracksuit with white trim and a bumfluff moustache, slams the door of his new silver Mercedes and swaggers over with his hands in his pockets. Without averting his eyes from the pavement, he mumbles, Move your van, boss. There's markings in it. Do you get me? Julie from the canteen is outside too, smoking a cigarette. She tells me that two people have ordered poached eggs. She says she hates making poached eggs, and the thought of having to go back inside to do it is ruining a cigarette break. A tall, thin man in a leather Rasta-style cap passes us as he walks up Northumberland Street. He's carrying a birdcage with three budgerigars in it. In the road, some crows pick at the very last remains of a dead squirrel, and the wind knocks me sideways on the bridge over the ring road. Outside the busy terraced house, a young woman wearing only a long t-shirt and heels is in a hushed discussion with a tall man in a big parker. Twenty yards further up, the man with the tattooed neck stops suddenly to throw up on the pavement. The man in front of me on the bus tells me that cafe culture is wasted on him because he doesn't drink tea or coffee. He goes on to explain that he could never eat Weetabix without sugar. Behind me, the important in corduroy man is begging to differ with the woman with the bag for life. It's not. It's going to be another sodding Chinese. Why we need another sodding Chinese when there's already one at the bottom, I don't know. He then explains that he's given up drinking. The woman looks sceptical. Out in the sticks, the wind is thrashing the trees and the sleet is thrashing my face as I slide around on slimy, untreated stone. It's been wet and windy for weeks. The verges are scarred with deep, miry tracks and streams of runoff carry tree litter and even small branches along in the gutter. They're blasting at the quarry and a swirling flock of gulls is screeching overhead. A squall rips at the surface of the flooded potholes, sending miniature tsunamis flashing the full length of the street and flipping open the bonnet of the big black BMW as it rounds the corner by the church. The driver, confused, continues on his way for several seconds before stopping in the middle of the road to clamber out in his suit and pointy shoes to slam it shut again. 
Eventually the storm passes, leaving a clear blue sky dotted with glinting aircraft. The high-end plumber's vans and the Mitsubishi pickups cast long shadows across the road. Passenger seats and dashboards littered with red-top news, McDonald's bags, biros and notebooks. The geese on the farm are making that noise they make. I can still hear them all the way down at the house with the windowsill full of Costa coffee mugs. The sun comes out and so does the crow that makes that noise like a depressed cat. It can do standard crow noises as well, but it seems to prefer the cat one. I take the next left into the golf club car park and make my way through the terminal moraine of grey saloons and into the old meat fog of the clubhouse where two men in jumpers sit at Formica attempting to drink lager via telekinesis. I leave the mail on the bar and a young woman's voice says, Thanks, love. At one of the houses that backs onto the green, a thin, bald man in a fleece jacket and faded jeans is carefully stenciling the names Brian and Susan onto the backrest of a wooden bench in a swirly gold font. I pass him as he's admiring his work. He glances up briefly and waves before heading back up his garden path past the little tableau on the lawn, a stone tortoise apparently engaged in combat with a small plastic Second World War infantryman painted white. The man pops his unlit roll up on the windowsill, kicks off his boots and disappears into the conservatory behind a bookcase of faded hardback autobiography spines. Botham, Clough, Greavesy. On the bus back to town, the man in the gilet who is sitting behind me shouts into his phone. I'm going to get off here, I'm going to go to Bar Maroc and I'm going to stuff my big fat white face with fucking pizza. I stop in at the supermarket, where a fat man in a Spanish football shirt farts loudly by the turnips. On my way home, I follow two men up the main road. A man in his fifties in a long heavy overcoat, woolen scarf and black leather shoes, and a man in his twenties in a t-shirt, knee-length cotton shorts and sliders with no socks. Back at home, my neighbour calls round to see if I have any blue tack in the house. He says he's got a picture of a magnificent leopard and he wants to put it up on his cupboard. He asks me whether I've ever heard a cheetah purr. I say no. He has though. On the radio in Canada. This episode of Roundabout Town was written and produced by me, Kevin Boniface, at Westview Study Centre for no good reason. With original music by Kevin and Edie Boniface. Roundabout Town is published in paperback by Uniform Books. Please like and subscribe.